You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper, along with Cliffy D. How are you, sir? Raw, 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 sis, boomba. Oh, my goodness. Tim, do you know what's an awesome feeling? Uh, the heat, It's not as hot as it used to be. You're absolutely right. The, the, the heat is broken, and thank goodness, because this past weekend was definitely uh, definitely a little bit rough on the old system. Yeah. But no, there's there's a feeling just a little bit better than that. Um, we're on a bye week. Well, that's nice too because you know you get a chance to relax and you know not get overwhelmed with football things and all that. So yeah, the bye weeks are good too. But uh, <laughs> no, no, that's not exactly the feeling I'm thinking right now. What are you thinking, Cliff? <laughs> Winning, streaking, <laughs> the Alouettes. No, no, Cliff, 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 Cliff. Please button up that button. Do not do what you're saying. People couldn't see it anyways. Oh. Yeah, it's okay. Well, that's okay. It's theater of the mind. And we're, <laughs> we're God-striking! <laughs> because the Montreal Alouettes are now currently on a three-game winning streak. That's right. That's right. We are. And do you believe that people actually thought this team could go 0-18 this year? Man, how stupid do you have to be? How dumb do you feel right now? Anyone who su- suggested, even thought of the idea that the Alouettes could go 0 and 18, and does it does it hurt? Does it hurt to be that stupid? I have to think it does. I have sure to think it has physically. Mean Toronto. Oh, jeez. I mean, <laughs> listen, Toronto. God, I, I, believe it or not, I actually do have empathy for the folks in Toronto because I know what it's like. Yeah, like we've experienced this, like just that that feeling of will that win ever come? And it's not fun. So I'm not going to bag on Toronto or anything like that. Uh, I still got mad respect for Jim Pop and everything he does, and I, I sincerely hope that they can turn things around. Not against us, of course, but uh, you know, I, I hope they get their uh, they get their act together and you know get it figured out. But uh, man, like just just think, Tim, think back to when we went to Atlantic City, and I put that bet on the Alouettes to win the Grey Cup. It was only five dollars, but still, yeah. How how good does that look right now? So, I know it's early. I know it's early, but how good does that look right now? So far, so good. So far, so good. We're only, you know, we're still, we're, we're not, you know, we're, we're yet to be us to be a uh, a quarter of the way through. But you know, you know, you know. <laughs> well, we're at the one third of the season's finished. If you think about it that Basically, way. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I, I knew what you meant. That's what I was thinking too. But it was like. Owls aren't yet technically, but yeah, but yes, you're right. I mean, it's it's positive, and the fact that we're now on a three-game winning streak, and it's been the first time since 2016. Yeah, the last three games of 2016. You are correct, sir. And wait a minute, wait a minute. Who is also our starting quarterback for those three games? Oh, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm pretty sure I'm not, but I believe that would be the same guy who is the current quarterback and current reason why this team has a three-game winning streak that would be friend of the show vernon adams jr you mean big play underscore va on twitter that vernon adams 
the very same. <gasps> wow. Hey, I know him. <laughs> you know, he's, he, we've gotten a good friendship going. I think, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's appreciated everything that we've done for him as far as support goes. We've believed in him, and we've told him this behind his back and to his face, that we've been big believers of his for a long time. And now everybody else is jumping on the big play VA bandwagon. And tell you what, folks, there's plenty of room. Come on board if you want, because uh, I got big. I got a big feeling right now. I got I got a good feeling that uh, Vernon Adams is gonna. He's gonna. He's been proving people wrong now for quite some time. I don't think it's gonna stop anytime soon. Yeah. I, I I tell you what, folks, we've got a legitimate CFL quarterback behind center here in Montreal, and that ain't not bad. That. Wow, that ain't not bad. Is that like a double, double, double negative? That's a double negative. And it ends up being a positive. Exactly. So okay. it cancels out. <laughs> um, lots to talk about this game, man. I mean, Owls win twenty to ten. It wasn't, the, you know, it wasn't the, the prettiest thing. It was, it was great in spots. I will admit, it, and that's what we're going to talk about. Um, you know, I, I again, Alouettes score in all four quarters, which was amazing. They could have had more points, but then again, you know, from what. The Owls did, um, you know, they were helped by a couple of, of penalty calls too at the right times. But it's, but still, you know, it it's still a win's a win. Ten, you know, by ten points. As you said, the Owls are three and two. So um, there, there's no style points in the CFL, folks. So, I mean, ugly wins count just as much as the the pretty wins mm-hmm. when it comes to the standings. So mm-hmm. I agree with you, though. There was a lot of instances where the Alouettes looked like they were going to give this game away, or things were just going to turn for the worst, and then. They were saved by the penalty. I mean, uh, God, Edmonton just uh, just shot themselves in the foot at the the worst possible time. Like just when you thought something was going to turn, there was going to be that little point where it's like, oh man, okay, that's where the wheels are finally going to yeah. fall off. Yeah. And then boom, penalty against Edmonton. Penalty against Edmonton, and like that just saved everybody's bacon. And yeah. wow, <laughs> sometimes that's just the way the the that's that's the way the, the cookie way, crumbles. The way the ball bounces. That too. Or or the, or the flag gets thrown. <laughs> That's the way the flag is thrown. I like that. <laughs> uh, the Alouettes played a Saturday home game for the first time in almost 12 years. That that in itself was crazy. But what, what was even more crazy is that it was, it was 32 degrees Celsius at kickoff. Man, it, it was so bad that John Liu broke out his, uh, his suit shorts again. I don't know if you saw that picture, but he broke those out again for the second time this year. In Montreal, too. For the second time this year. Oh yeah, I mean, like thirty-two degrees Celsius doesn't sound that bad sometimes, but this is Montreal. This is humidity central, and it, I think with the Humidex, I think it was feeling more like forty-two, forty-three. I was hearing anywhere because I listened to the uh, to the Eskimos pod today, going over, uh, uh, you know, the, the the bad of the game, and I think they said I think it's anywhere between forty-two and forty-six degrees. So it was hot. It was a scorcher. You know, we were we were lucky. You, know, you were you were out in the uh, you, out in the elements, um, and I think what it saved us all, even us, where I where we're sitting, even though we are under the overhang of the of the, of the upper deck, is that it clouded over. It was still warm, but it clouded over, and it it's I think it saved a lot of us from because I was wondering how many bottles of water I was going to have to drink and how many. How many four, how many four dollar bottles I was gonna have to drink? Oh, ridiculous! And yeah, I, I, I mean, 
what was nice too was that the Canadian Football League had actually, or in the Alouettes themselves, they've decided that they're going to do an extra five minutes during halftime. Just make sure everybody, both in the stadium and in the locker rooms, made sure they were hydrated, made sure they were okay. And uh, oh, I so, didn't I mean, know that. I didn't even know that. I was wondering why it said that here in the uh, the official stats in the league. I had no clue. Yep. No, that was a decision that was obviously someone's paying attention to the weather report, and uh, good on good on the league and good on the team to to take that initiative to protect again not not just players because yeah the players too they have to stay hydrated and they're in the locker room and it's i don't know if you've ever been in the locker room inside personal molson's am but it's a little cramped it's a i imagine it can get pretty stuffy in there yeah and then of course the fans you know even though there's for the most part beautiful weather i mean it's still hot as a pistol out there and yeah we were we were knocking back the water pretty bad and uh, just doing you gotta do what you do gotta do to get hydrated and uh that's all there was to it. So the fact that the league was able to give an extra five minutes during uh, during halftime to do that was a good call. That definitely had to be done. I was wondering because I had, I had stepped away to go do something too during halftime. I, I didn't even think about it. I, I guess I didn't see the, the tweet on social media about them saying that they were going to extend it by an extra five minutes. So um, but let's get to this. We talk about more about the game here too because there were some interesting things that happened during the game, which uh, never. Uh, there are uh, there were other firsts that happened in Montreal, Cliff. That uh, I have not seen since I've been a season ticket holder, but but still, nonetheless, I mean, it it was crazy to see. Um, first, I mean, uh, you know, Adams Adams, you know, if he was fifteen to twenty two, one hundred ninety one yards and a touchdown, no picks. Uh, Eugene Lewis was one for one. Break break out your fantasy uh, for he on a on a great flea flicker two. Big play VA uh, for, <laughs> for his touchdown. Where that came out of nowhere, man. That was that was great. That was that great. was ex- that was excellent. Uh, you talk about the Philly special, the one that won the helped the Philadelphia yes. Eagles win the Super Bowl. Yes. Do you call that the Montreal special? I mean, that's <laughs> what a great gadget play. That just was fantastic from Standback to Lewis throwing it to Big Play VA. I mean, the guy's supposed to be throwing touchdowns, not catching them. Yep. But uh, and then his little deke to get into the end zone. Oh, he, he made uh, Money Hunter uh, look like chump change, quite frankly. Ah, he made him look like Canadian Tire Money. Uh, <laughs> um, rushing this week, though, was interesting. Um, you know, we're all high on what William Sandbeck is doing. And, oh, by the way, breaking news, as, as was brought up last week, I got my New Jersey cliff. And who, who is it? Who did I put on my back and on my front? That sounds so weird. Um, is none other than... William Standback. So he, he is now uh, he is now uh, yeah. my jersey. There you go. So Will, if you're listening, we we've been backing you too. We've been si- we've been singing your praises for quite some time now. So uh, that's right. That's right, William. We've been stand backing you too. Ha wah wah. <laughs> we we stand. We stand. William Standback. Back. Yes. <laughs> um, but still, the Alouettes had quite. I mean, Standback had 13 rushes for 47 yards. I mean, that was only for 3.6. 3.6 average. What was funny is Jeremiah Johnson and Vernon had had a better yardage, uh, a better average. Uh, Vernon had uh, 44 yards on seven attempts. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson had 39 on six. Um, what's your well? Riders doing another two, by the way. Um, what's your what's your thought? I mean, it's it, they didn't go away from it. I mean, 13 carries. Okay. I mean, was it a I mean, was it a combination that because of the in between between Jeremiah Johnson and Stanbeck uh, that they 
is that why do you think that he didn't have as much? Was it because of was, that was the actual gameplay itself, or, or what do you what do you think was the the reasoning why uh, Stanback only had a, had that uh, such a minute average? Oh, I think Edmonton definitely did their homework. They knew they had to control Stanback no matter what, and. Yeah, only 47 yards. After the guy posted 100 yards rushing the week before and 200-plus the week before that, yeah, yeah, this this kind of looks like a letdown, but I, I think it just speaks to just how dangerous this guy is that teams now have to game plan for him. Like, Ottawa didn't seem to game plan as much, and they got burned. So Edmonton, I think they said to themselves, They're not, we're not going to let this kid run all over us, and sure enough, they didn't. But what happens? It just means that the aerial assault goes to work. And Vernon Adams was able to just slice and dice his way. And combine that with the the, the unfortunate penalties that would help move the chains from Montreal. Uh, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that Stanback couldn't get uh, another century mark, if you will, as far as uh, rushing yards go. But he contributed. And again, getting 13 carries, you know, he was he made them he made the Eskimos pay. He he got them. He got them thinking. Like they, they respected Standback. They respected yeah. what he could do, and that just meant uh, opportunities now for a guy like Jeremiah Johnson, who made his debut in his Alouette's debut, did a very respectable job as well. Because now Vernon's had, looks like he's going to hand off to Standback, so everybody's concentrating on that. But instead, oh, quick uh, little pitch over to, uh, to Jeremiah Johnson, and he got a few nice runs in there, and uh, was a really awesome too. I got to speak with him a little bit after the game, and you could tell okay. he was just hyped. Nice. He was hyped to be able to to get out on the field so uh definitely a good guy to chat with as well so uh don't be surprised if we end up uh, getting jeremiah on the show because uh, i think he's got a lot to say as well and uh just a great personable guy so uh really happy for Ryder stone as well because yeah he only got one carry actually in the game but he also returned a couple of kicks as well and you can see like he's putting in the work as well and while everybody's focusing on standback and that's to be expected don't don't sleep on guys like Jeremiah Johnson no, and Ryder no. Stone. Having having a one two, I mean the Alouette did still. You know we were saying that you know that uh, you know, Stamick only got this and Johnson only got this, and the Alouette still put up 120 yards of rushing. So it, that, that's that's still nothing to sneeze at. It was just between three three guys. No, and how many how many weeks have we said why are the Alouettes getting away from the ground game? And what are they doing? They've adjusted. They they are now making this ground game a very important part of this offense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is not a high power. I, I'm still not ready to call this a high power offense by no. any stretch, but no. this is a very a varied attack. This isn't like you got to really pay attention when you're playing the Alouettes because they can hit you in the air and they can hit you on the ground and you just don't know which one's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Vernon only had 191 yards, as I mentioned before. So. Um, lead, leading receiver for the uh, for the Alouettes uh, was uh, would you believe Cliff uh, actually yeah, Eugene Lewis uh, five for five on targets and reception sixty nine yards and then after that it goes to Jeremiah Johnson so they got him out of the backfield same thing with Stanbeck he was three for three out of the out, uh, out of the backfield with uh, thirty seven yards so um, you know the they're all huge positives across the board except for that one rushing play where the Alouettes got stopped on third down. I don't, I don't understand why they did what they did. It didn't make any sense. But then again, you know, Edmonton also did some, did some weird plays on third down. On third down, also. Yeah, there's a, a few questionable decisions that uh, on both sides of the ball. And as I said, between that and the penalties, I mean, it's just it, it really made for an interesting game. Like both, this was very much a chess match as far as I was concerned between both coaches and uh, Kahari Jones really. Really put his thinking cap on. I think uh, he got challenged 
so to speak, to show that, hey, he's got control of this offense and this defense. Talk about this defense all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, it's still making plays. We're still turning the ball over. Uh, God, Greg Reed and Taylor Loeffler did something that hasn't been done in over 300 passing attempts from Trevor Harris. Yeah. I-N-T. That's right. That's right. And absolutely beautiful. Like, both times, too. I, I Well, Loeffler's was more of a, a bit of a gift. But well, yeah, his was, his, was, his was on a tip. But still, an INT is an INT. Yeah, and the way Greg Reed... He, oh, Greg, he, Greg. Yeah, got beauty. He's like, pick. Man, he, <laughs> man like, he, he read the mail and just... Yeah, he, <laughs> he... He made Harris look foolish on that play. And, again, another friend of the show as well. So, uh, what a season this kid is having, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... It's unfortunate he, he doesn't. I don't think he qualifies for being rookie of the year. But uh, man, what you, we talked about this guy last year and how he just needed a chance to break out. And I think this 2019 season, like he is making a lot of noise. Like if you don't know who Greg Reed is yet, folks, you better start paying attention because I guarantee you now there's at least three count them three football teams right now who know who the hell Greg Reed is. Mm-hmm. And if they play again, I guarantee. He's going to get a lot more attention than what people were expecting. What's your? Um, uh, by the way, they 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 held Trevor, uh, they held Trevor Harris to 271 yards passing, you know, two interceptions, uh, and also held, uh, which I think may have surprised a lot of Eskimo fans. You know, they there were only a grand total of 11 total rushes by the Eskimos for a grand total of uh, 49 yards, but. Um, I want to know what was your thought on on some of these things. You know, going. Do you think the the back the uh, the alternating between Johnson and Stanbeck was because of the heat? Because as you and I both know, I mean, we didn't see. It's funny, not very many. We didn't see. They must have been hydrated so well that we didn't see a lot of the players hurting, so to speak, at least on the Owls' end. But the heat, I think, may have played into the into the uh, into the gameplay and what Kahari Jones wanted to call. Uh, what he wanted to call for the game. It wouldn't surprise me. I, I definitely think. Uh... The, the weather definitely affected a lot of things. Uh, and you're absolutely right. I'm very surprised. Like a few guys got banged up here and there, but there was no major injuries or anything that we, or nothing at least we've heard about it yet as, as yeah, of no this dehydra- recording. No dehydration from what we saw either. So, no. So, I mean, again, credit, credit to the Alouettes for taking care of their players. They, and I guess these guys are finally realizing that, you know, weather like this, you can't be fooling around. Like you, you've got tons of Gatorade at your disposal. You got lots of water. Yeah. Uh, it's just, Stay hydrated and just keep moving and just the, again they they took care of things. That's that's the beautiful thing is this was not an easy game. This was not a game Montreal was expected to win. No, I know they, they took care of all the little things. They took care of all the little details and it's it's right there. And they they just they did their job and yeah. that's all you can ask is football team comes out does their job wasn't the prettiest win but they made it happen. Yeah. And yeah, even the guy in the who who uh, who's in the touche mascot costume i'm sure i'm i was like how the hell this guy stay uh, is he gonna be drinking like a maniac too that's crazy i mean of anybody who i thought would would uh would suffer heat stroke it was it would have been that person <laughs> I, I have to believe there had to be like two or three touches like two or three different people uh, rocking the touche uh, outfit because yeah that's that's not a job I would want to have. Yeah, yeah. The Alouettes only ran 55 plays, but it's you know it's a combination of things. Um, you know, we were talking about some of the things that didn't stand out as a positive for the Owls this week. Uh, that, well, they really were left on. You really would have noticed because unless you didn't see it, 
you know, the Owls got lucky on those two interceptions uh, that, that Vernon had thrown, and they were called back because of, uh, 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 what was it? it was the, um, uh, what was the penalty? God. Uh, legal contact. Yeah, thank you, legal contact. And then the other one, the, the it was a gorgeous pass from uh, by Edmonton for a touchdown to, Ken, to uh, Kenny Stafford, but it was called back because of the holding penalty. That was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So, so there's three plays right there. And obviously that first, I think, was, was it the first interception? Yeah, it was the first interception that uh, the wide receiver fell down or stumbled that caused the INT. The second one was, I, I think that was one that did, was that on tip two? I, uh, yeah, I think if it was. I, if I remember correctly, that was a tip also. Um, we were just lucky. I mean, I'm, you know, I think we still have, had over 100 yards of, of, of penalties again. So I'm double-checking right now. Yeah, 108 yards. 108 yards on seven. Seven penalties. Yeah. But those nine and those 80 yards for the Edmonton Eskimos, that was the... That was the I mean, it doesn't mean that they were going to score on those things. You know, the, remember, the Alouettes also did did hold them uh, without a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is the, the most impressive thing. It's that the only points that came were as a result of Sean White's field goals, or in one case, a rouge. I mean, to be denied the end zone. And this is, again, a very high-power offense that the Edmonton Eskimos have. And for Montreal to just absolutely shut them down. I mean, again, this goes back to uh, the work that Bob Slowick has done for this team. And yeah, yeah. we were skeptical. I, yeah. I fully admit, we were both very oh, yeah, skeptical. No, no. I'll, 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 I'll admit that one. I mean, that's a... I mean, like I said, I, when, they, when they hired this guy, he had no CFL experience... They kept telling us, well, he's been going through lots of film. He's been learning. He's been, you know, doing all that. Like, okay, sure, whatever. You know, we've, we've heard so much chatter, shall we say, from, uh, from people about whether this guy is qualified or not to be running the defense. I'm like, well, you know what? At the end of the day, it's, they've got to win games. That's, that's the only way you're going to really truly silence the critics is by winning games. And, again, three-game winning streak, that's a pretty good way to silence your critics. And I'll be the first to admit I was very skeptical of the hire. I didn't think it made sense to hire someone who had no CFL experience, nor someone who had not been in a locker room in six years. But you know what? He's found a way to make it work. So, Coach Slowick, I, like I said, I, I, I am very. I, I could not be happier at this point to eat my words. I'm not ready to anoint him as like, uh, you know, a genius or anything like that just yet. But the work he's done has been outstanding. So I have to give credit where it's due. Uh, the work he's done with guys like Tommy Campbell and Henock Mwamba and Greg Reed and others have just been outstanding. Like these players want to play for their coach, and you can see it. You you see the work that's going into this defense, yeah. and it's pretty impressive. I mean, it, it's you're not going to be able to top a Noel Thorpe defense back in the the Alouettes heyday. But my God, like this it is, and it's still a very small sample size. It's still very early, but the work we've seen, the results we've seen so far have been nothing short of outstanding. And again, credit where it's due. Like the guy has come in, took everybody by surprise, and look what he's done with his defense. I mean, when you have these studs in place, it certainly helps the cause, but they obviously want to play for him. They want to make him a successful coach, and he wants to make them successful players. When you got that kind of energy, that kind of uh, chemistry happening, man, like the sky's the limit as far as to what can happen. So, I mean, God, I almost wish we weren't on a bye week because now I'm really curious to see just – What's next? What's next for the Montreal Alouettes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and by the way, I was very surprised to just looking at the stats for for Edmonton. I, wasn't it? Didn't Greg Ellingson only get his first catch like in the fourth quarter? Something like that. He was a ghost the, the entire game. Yeah. I so, mean, if it wasn't for Kenny Stafford, they'd have 
almost no attack whatsoever. Uh, Ricky Collins was was pretty much a huge target too. Cause he he got eight, he got eight targets. Um, and was it Nadia Gel? Is that Ajay? Ajay? Nadia Ajay? Yeah, he got yep. he got six targets. So yeah, eventually it started slowly coming together for for Edmonton on on offense. But I mean, for the most part, like it just felt like wasn't much clicking. And the fact that the Yellowets were able to silence C.J. Gable, who left the last game in Edmonton, like he literally ran all over the Alouettes. And the fact they were able to keep him honest and just uh, limit his carries, that was, again, that, that just speaks to the work that Bob Sloak's doing on defense. I mean, that's that's some impressive stuff. Yeah, no, no, I, I completely agree with you. Um, the other thing that I, I mentioned uh, before about the uh, first that's, uh, that I don't remember happening is something that usually you only see happening either in Winnipeg or in or in Regina is that we actually had a weather delay. Mm-hmm. I, and that was uh, early in the fourth quarter. I think it was about 12 minutes in the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken, um, for about 30 minutes. Um, totally, totally unexpected. I mean, we saw the... We saw how the how the clouds were coming in, and I really thought that it was gonna because we were we we were supposed to get some rain. Uh, it wasn't supposed to be that much, but we, the way that we saw it come in, it's like oh, it, it's it you know, and then all of a sudden they called it, and, and I don't. Did you see the lightning? Because you I I did. Said, I, you're in the other location <clears throat> of the stadium where you could you could probably have seen it. Yeah, actually, just literally out of the corner of my eye, I just saw like a flash, and I mean, could have almost mistaken it for like a. Like a like a flash bulb or like a like a photographer taking a picture kind of thing. Yeah, but it was pretty high up. Like like just sort of out of the corner of my eye, I just saw it, like I saw a flash. And I could see it like in the clouds. Like oh crap! And then sure enough, almost right on cue, right away you see the referees like waving their arms, like getting everybody off, like get them, getting both teams off the field. And I thought oh crap, we're gonna we're gonna have a delay here. Yeah, <laughs> this is like you said, this has never happened before. At least. Not in recent memory. I don't, of like the, you know, at least in twenty three years at home, it's never happened, as far as I remember. Uh, same here. Like uh, in the yeah twenty three years that this team has been back, I don't recall it. Percival Molson Stadium having any sort of weather delay. Like this is definitely a first. And we've had all kinds of weather. We've had snow. We've had rain, like torrential rain coming down. Yeah. We've had crazy wind. Yeah. Uh, sweltering heat. I mean, we've had all sorts of weather situations in in Percival Molson Stadium, but. Never lightning, never or never anything where that would cause a delay like this. It was mm-hmm. definitely uncharted territory for us fans in the stands. It was uh, like, what, what, what do we do here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was kind of funny because they're trying to encourage everybody to get out of the stands, but I mean, the concourses at Percival Wilson Stadium are kind of tiny. Yeah, kind of tiny. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have gone because I know that's when you reached out to me uh, when we were gonna and we we met up for a little bit and. Uh, I was wondering, oh, am I actually going to be able to make it to you? <laughs> and it was like, yeah, okay. I was able to, to get where we needed to go, and we were able to meet up. Um, right. well, I figured we had a good half hour. I mean, uh, yeah, most I weather too. delays like this, uh, you've got you, you almost immediately you have to give it at least a half hour. I think just for uh, uh, for the weather service to sort of do their due diligence or however we want to call it. I forget yeah. what they call it, but uh, yeah. just to do their thing to make sure that everything is where it's supposed to be. So I knew we had at least, at least a half hour or so. Yeah. And luckily with where I'm located and the way that it is over on my, on my side of the, of the stadium that there are, um, there are, there are more than one, uh, stairwells to get up to the upper deck. So mm-hmm. it, it worked, it, it worked fine. It worked fine. So, um, what was this your- is what, this is what, this is what I get for, you know, 
changing my seat for uh, trying to see how the other half live. I, this is what happened. So <laughs> um, that's why I, I will not stray from Y one again. <laughs> what was your uh, What was your thought on the attendance I, at first? I thought it was because of the weather played a a, uh, a part in it, but then when I was on the field uh, post game and uh, was speaking to my former uh, uh, season ticket manager, uh, it, it I had forgotten that the uh, that the um, uh, that the construction holidays had started, and I had totally forgotten. But I mean, do you think it was a combination of both? Because only sixteen thousand one thirty-seven were announced, and that that's that's almost down twenty-eight hundred, down twenty-eight hundred from I think from from the opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what was your thought? I'm sure it played. It may, may have played a small factor in it. I think it was really more the weather than anything else that was the. That was the big thing because, I mean, if you had the option, like in, in theory, if you had the option of going out in the sweltering heat to watch a football game or stay at home, watch it on your HDTV with air conditioning, hopefully, I, I can see, I can understand why, like to me, like nothing will beat the live football experience and I'd watch football in a tornado if I, if I could, but uh, not everybody feels that way. So I think, uh, like, I'd be curious to know what the... Uh, what the ratings were for the game because I have a feeling like for RDS and for TSN because I'd be curious to know if uh, a lot of people just decided you know what it's too bloody hot I'm not going to sit out there for three plus hours and bake in the sun and just with that choking humidity as well it just doesn't bode well I mean you have to really love football to do it or just really want to be out of the house <laughs> yeah I, I, I'm sure it was a combination of things I mean there, there are a few unique quirks here in the province of Quebec when it comes to when a game should potentially not be scheduled. Um, but there are three other Saturday home games for the Alouettes coming up anyway, so it should be should be interesting to see. And not and I think two of the three two of the three are at four o'clock and the other one is at one. So um yeah, I, I don't know. I as I said it was uh, I wish more people had showed up. I mean you could tell immediately. Uh, I don't know if it showed as much when you were looking over on my side as I was when I was looking over at your side that you could tell that there weren't as many people. So, um, yeah, I just come on. It's I'm hoping with the next home game because it's after a bye. It's going to be on a Friday that, you know, that we'll get close to capacity. That's what I, that's my wish. I'm sure that's the Alouette's wish, too, is that we get this, we get it back to capacity, at least for one game, considering uh, considering uh, how currently uh, how well they're playing so far. Exactly, and that's the thing. Like, it's one thing to say, oh, I don't want to go to the game because I know this team is bad and they're not going to play well and all that nonsense, but that's certainly not the case now. I mean, this is, again, a team that's riding a three-game winning streak going into the bye, uh, playing a team that they've played extremely well against uh, two weeks ago in Ottawa. So, And I'm sure we're going to get a bit of a bump, too. I think our nation is going to make the trip as well for that Friday night game, so I'm sure that'll help the cause as well. But, uh, I mean, really, truly, folks, I mean... You want to see a winning football team? You want to see winning sports? This is it. Because right now, the Alouettes are on something good right now. Mm-hmm. The, the This team is performing. So don't give me this nonsense about, I don't care what excuses you've got, but, uh, I mean, if you want to see winning football, this is it. So you've you got to come out and support your team. That's all there is to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let, let's talk about, uh, let's give our grades here uh, before we talk about anything else. By the way, talk about... We're talking about our defense before Patrick Levels. Um, no, it wasn't. It was Tommy Campbell led the team with seven tackles. Uh, Ryan Carter had six. Patrick Levels had five. Um, but you know, it's it's the little things. You know, even though Greg Reed just had one tackle, 
uh, he had his interception. So, and, you know, he not only had two himself, but he, he was still a presence also. Same thing with Bowman. Bowman had some, oh, Bowman has, had some great pressures also that, uh, uh, last week. Yeah, birth, uh, the birthday boy, too. Like, it was his birthday last Friday. And uh, tell you what, he's still playing like a young man, which, again, uh, how, can you not, how can you not be happy about that? Like, just seeing the joy that he has still in playing football, especially at an age when, like, again, he just didn't know if he was going to come back. He didn't know if he still had that one more season in him. And I was about to say, you and I were both there when he said what he did. So, yep. You know, two per two percent, and that, that 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 I guess that was the rallying cry for everybody. It's only two percent, but you know what? Two percent. That's it. Like he he still had that fire in him, and you saw it too. Like he he wrapped up one Edmonton player uh, trying to tackle him and just threw him to the ground. It yeah. was just a thing of beauty, and you could see his celebration afterwards. Like he was fired up. Oh, no, the defense like he, was fired up. The defense was fired up. You know, let's go and let, let's start there with our grade. Let's start with the defense, Cliff. Uh, what would you what would you give the the defense for this game versus the Edmonton Eskimos? Uh, definitely a B. I think uh, being able to keep Trevor Harris off the score sheet is an impressive feat. To, to be able to say that this team, this Edmonton Edmonton team, could not score a single touchdown of any kind is beyond impressive. Once again, this team, this defense is just making plays happen. They are creating turnovers. They are, they're disrupting the quarterback. They're they're doing the things that a successful football team has to do on defense and doing it very well. Uh, still giving up yards, uh, a little too many yards for my liking. But again, you see, this is coming together. You're starting to see this team gel, and the way that these guys have each other's backs, you see that as well too. You get that energy off, off every big play, after every sack, every interception i mean even knockdowns guys are getting hyped for oh yeah 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 yeah. you could tell that they they want this you can tell they want this victory so bad that they can taste it didn't reed also have one on on special teams that it was it was one of those ones where you go oh oh yeah he he is not afraid to lay the wood down I mean, this kid is just a monster like I, i'm telling you right now like it, it, the way this season is going do not be surprised if somebody from the nfl comes calling looking for him I, I, I think he's 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 doing the right things to make himself a star in this league. And whether that continues beyond this season, only time's going to tell. But I tell you what, I, I keep telling you folks, like Greg Reed, this is a guy you really have to be paying attention to. I mean, don't discount the Bowmans or the Muambas or yeah, Tommy yeah, exactly, Campbells. But exactly. you're talking about looking for a real diamond in the rough. I mean, this is a kid that came up from the Arena League, uh, put his time in uh, on the practice roster, when his opportunity came up, he made the most of it, and he is continuing to make the most of it. And whether it's just whether it's getting those ints or just throwing tackles out there and just leveling guys, that's the thing. Those are the things that are just going to add up. And his highlight tape at the end of the season, I guarantee, is going to be extremely impressive, and it's going to end up in the hands of somebody down south. I can pretty much guarantee you that. I uh, for me, I'd probably give the defense. I give him a B plus. Um... I was impressed. Some of the obviously some of the uh, uh, the uh, the uh, the DPI penalties I was not happy about, but yet they were able to help, they were able to hold them out of the end zone. Um, so that that was a big thing. So uh, um, yeah, I think I think the defense played really really well. It's you know two picks. So yeah, uh, B plus is where I would go. Now, where would you go with the this offense? Offense uh, again compared to what we saw the last two weeks, it's definitely gone down a little bit. It, 
definitely again you're also playing a completely different opponent as well one that's seen what you've been able to do so they should have in theory been able to coach and prepare accordingly uh honestly and again this is not putting it the team down or anything like that i'd probably go b minus on on the uh on the offense just because yeah they made plays happen uh pull the magic trick out of their hat with that uh i guess we'll call it now the montreal special uh, <laughs> vernon played a, a very solid game uh definitely made uh, some good decisions and even the bad decisions they made were wiped out by penalty but still were there uh ground game wasn't quite as strong as it had been but again i attribute that more to the fact that edmonton was preparing to be run over and they had to prevent that from happening but they did the things that they had to do and at the end of the day they found the end zone whereas edmonton didn't so that alone nothing short of impressive especially against a team that by and large has looked really good all season in edmonton yeah uh so yeah i i'll i'll go b minus with this because yeah there's some things that would have if you were able to put up maybe another 10 points on the board, that would probably get you up to an A. But uh, considering what they've been doing the past couple of weeks and what they're still continuing to do, I, I feel pretty comfortable going B- minus on this. Actually, I, that's where I'm going to go to because there were a few things that I really think they left out there. Even though they were saved by a couple of penalties uh, on the interceptions, uh, you know, one really wasn't, wasn't Vernon's fault. Um, but unfortunately, you know, they were, when even with the tip, tip drill type of thing, they're, they're still going to get... Uh, get the INT listed on their on their stats um I I think they did well what from what they could as I said we don't know what how well how badly the heat uh, affected the players uh, but I think they they did well with what they had to do um you know I, I agree too maybe another seven points on the board might have done it um you know that turnover on downs after going for a third and one or a third and one and a half and how they did it just it was a head shaker and a head scratcher because you're like what the hell are you doing um you know, it, it makes you wonder if if they could have tried for a field goal at that point. But I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the air was so heavy. Who knows? Who knows? Kahari, Kahari is calling good games, I will admit. Um, some, sometimes you're, not everything can be perfect. And obviously, like this grade, the way, what I'm giving them, it just shows that that's why, that's why they weren't perfect. But, uh, yeah, B- minus for me. So, you know, all in all, uh, you know, hey, when a team can actually – when you split with Edmonton, you know – Basically, you either tie or you win the series for the first time since 2013. That's a huge plus. That's a huge mm-hmm. plus in itself. So, I mean, and this is this is a good Edmonton team. No, without question. I mean, that's uh, a lot of people, too, were wondering what was going to happen with them because they lost Mike Riley. They lost uh, so many other pieces, but then they were able to add a lot of other pieces as well. So they were able to reload. They were able to adjust accordingly and we thought it would take some time for them to gel as well, but they got their act together uh, a lot quicker than expected. And again, this is not a team to sleep on by any stretch of imagination. And uh, to be able to, again, I, I can't state overstate just how incredible it is. The fact that Edmonton could not score a single touchdown, whether it was on the ground or through the air against these Alouettes. I think that speaks volumes like to what this defense is doing. And, as you said, Kahari's been making some great calls. Uh, he's he's put together a game plan and worked it to perfection. And Vernon has pretty much bought into whatever his coach is selling him. Uh, he's making the most of his receivers. Uh, he's got the ground game going. I mean, everything is just clicking right now for Montreal, and that's that's good to see. Considering where this where where this team was on day one against these very same Eskimos, no less. Yeah. And even that game too was. Uh, 
a couple of bounces here and there. Montreal could have won that game as well. So in theory, this could have been a, a series sweep. Oh, uh, if no a few kidding. more things went, if a few more things went just uh, in a different direction, but it, it is what it is. But Montreal has really gotten themselves on track, and it, even even despite all the nonsense that's going on off the field in Montreal, the fact that Kari Jones and Vernon Adams are basically able to tune that out and just have their guys focus just at the task at hand. Wor- worry about all the extracurricular stuff afterwards, but like for three hours. All you have to focus on is just winning a football game, and they're doing it. And it's amazing to watch. It's amazing to see just how far this team has come, despite all the obstacles, despite all the other, uh, as I said, extracurricular stuff that's been happening. It, it's almost like as soon as the whistle blows, all that's gone. And all that matters is just play football yeah. and win. And that's what they're doing, and doing it very well. I mean, man, like it, it's a good feeling, Tim. It's a good feeling to know that this team, regardless of what's going on off the field, they're getting it done on the field. And quite frankly, folks, if you're not out there, if you're not watching this team, if you're not paying attention and supporting this team, there's still time. Get on board because this is going to be something special. And to be able to say that you were there for that, you can't even begin to put that into words. It's it's an amazing feeling. It, it really, truly is. After years of disappointment and heartbreak and just cringing at some of the stuff that's been happening here in Montreal to be able to look at this team and say, wow, this is a good football team. There's a lot of talent on this team and it's being used properly. It's, it really is an amazing feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so so far so good. So far so good. Um, uh, it was tackle hunger day at the stadium. I didn't see the final tally of how many pounds of uh, food that we gave. I've, I've been trying to look it up here while you've been talking. And try actually, find- the actually the Alouettes did release it. It was uh, just over twelve thousand pounds of food raised. Nice, nice. Not bad. I mean, again, people in uh, like Edmonton and Saskatchewan. Uh, Saskatchewan and Winnipeg will be laughing because they normally trot out uh, well over a hundred thousand pounds. And just just to clarify, folks, uh, I think it's a uh, one dollar equals one pound. So, like, if you were don- donating uh, money, which is what I did, uh, every dollar basically bought a pound of food. So, exactly. what do you see? Twelve. 12,000 pounds, it's, some of it's food and some of it's uh, money raised. So, I mean, But again, no matter what, all the money that's been raised is going to a local food bank, which is fantastic. And again, like, this is a great initiative. And I'm, I'm glad Montrealers, the, the ones that did show up for the game, because again, we didn't have the greatest attendance, but uh, the ones that did show up were definitely generous. And it's, it's, it's definitely, a, definitely an awesome initiative. And hey, if other teams go out there and beat, beat our, to- our total, so what? That's that's fine with me because that means more money is being raised for these charities, more foods being donated to the food banks, and how can you get mad at that? Exactly. Hey, was that the new gray cup that they were using for the pictures? I think that was. Uh, could be. You don't know. You didn't. You, that's right. You didn't get your picture taken with the gray cup, did you? I, I didn't. I admit. I. Man, I I'm such a bad boy. Well, what can I say? <laughs> Stand, standing in one place in this weather is just not fun. So, <laughs> and well, it was it was under a thing, so that's all that mattered. Um, the only thing I noticed, by the way, at least I, I noticed too when I was standing over there, the Alouettes hadn't put up their uh, unless it was the wrong game, but they hadn't put up the uh, the, the 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 Hall of Fame banners yet. Nope, I didn't see them. That's weird. Yeah, I thought they were supposed to be in that little mini rotunda. I thought so too. I didn't see them. Went over there specifically with my brother, so. See if to show them and see if they were there, um, but uh, yeah, um, 
Also, pre-game, they honored uh, Luc Bergerardin. Um, you know, he is a he's a coach now with the Alouettes. What what was, what was your I didn't what was your thing? Do you think it was done too soon? Well, it was more to no, not really, because I mean, he did announce his retirement pretty much right after the game last the last home game. Right, but but they also did promote the thing too that this was going to be his last home. That was going to be his last home game. Or they his, did his last game in an Al's uniform. So. Right. But again, there's a, a difference between your last game and then being honored for your career. Oh. So I, I don't think it was too soon, necessarily. I mean, it's it, it's kind of funny, though, because I think uh, this was sort of planned. And we weren't 100 percent sure if he was going to join the coaching staff or not, because even that was kind of up in the air a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I mean, listen, a, a player like Luke Bredeau-Jodin deserves all the accolades, deserves all the credit and props. I, I'm, I'm not going to get mad if the team wants to go out and salute him for what was an incredible career. And I think what helped too is the fact that uh, his former university, the Laval Rue JR, was also being honored at uh, halftime. So that probably played a lot into that as well. So no, I'm I'm not mad at that. I mean, it's, again, I honestly don't think his number is going to get retired. And I'm sure a lot of people would believe that he deserves that. And it's hard to argue that. But again, you can't keep retiring everybody's number. That's the problem is there's been so many great players over the years that you can look at and say definitely deserve to have their number retired. And look would certainly be in that discussion. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen. So in in its place, definitely, if you have a chance to honor him and thank him for what was an absolutely outstanding career and his nomination to the Hall of Fame is literally three years away. Right. There's no there's no questioning that. And he'll definitely get all all the, the all the love and all the accolades then as well. Uh, but no, I, I think um, I don't I don't think it was too soon at all as far as I'm concerned. I think uh, any chance you get to honor a, a real bona fide legend like LBJ, you you take advantage of that. Yeah. Also, what I thought it was funny too is uh, you know with all these changes that happened last week. Uh, Eric Delorier is now back with the team in uh, what, what's the capacity he's with the team? I'm looking at it now. Uh, player uh, player personnel coordinator. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because when it was announced that uh, the general manager position was now going to be kind of done by committee, and that committee would include uh, Joe Mack, the former general manager of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who apparently salted the earth and made things so terrible in Winnipeg that uh, – Gosh, he only he only made it to one great cup under his 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 reign. <laughs> yeah, but uh, for all the people thinking that he was going to be the, especially when he was first initially hired by Cavis Reed as assistant general manager, people seemed to get it in their head that he was going to be like running the show and he was uh, Grand Pooba and all this stuff. But it was actually Eric Delorier that did a lot of the legwork as far as the Canadian talent goes, as far as like the draft and uh, scouting and all that. Like when it comes, like all the national players that have been selected so far, Delorier has had his hand in that. He's he's offered a lot of his insight as a as a Canadian player, and uh, he he knows what it takes to be a successful national player in this league. So he kind of knows what he's talking about when he when he makes draft suggestions. He kind of knows what he's talking about. So uh, to bring him back into the fold, I think was a a great move because the guy knows talent. Like he knows where to find those those players again one of the hallmarks of this team has always been finding that diamond in the rough but it's not just a little small school in the united states where you're going to find the next uh anthony calvillo or avon coburn or anyone like that yeah uh you gotta look for those in canadian universities as well because like a lot of the draft picks like 
especially considering Montreal does not have a first-round draft pick in 2020 or 2021, you still got to be able to find that talent. And it's not going to be necessarily in the first round where you're going to find that next great superstar. Right. Uh, to me, it's it's finding those guys in those smaller universities that just need a chance to shine and just may fit the system a little bit better than what most of these uh, more highly sought-after picks are going to go. Uh, so someone like that, you need someone who can find players like that. And DeLaurier has proven he's been able to find some really talented players. Like The, the, the players that have been drafted so far have... Uh, done pretty well in Montreal and if he's back in the uh, now that uh, Eric's back in the fold and if he's able to contribute towards that that's only good as far as I'm concerned yeah um t- what about your 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 post game experience I was able to get on the field I had my nephew with me uh and his parents I was able to bring them on the field bring him on the field for the very first time I didn't get to stay as long as I would want to um you know, I, we did get to speak with Vernon and uh, about, uh, about about the game itself and whatnot. It was we were looking to speak with a few other people, but uh, I had to leave before uh, before I, I I had to. But I mean, it's I I did has uh, some other things planned, so that's why I had to leave. But uh, after I left, what was your um, what, what was there, uh, what else did you see or hear from uh, from the players that you spoke with? Oh, just again, the winning is so infectious, and you can just see like there's I think a lot of relief. On a lot of players, I, I I got the impression from a lot of them that they just were just happy to get this win, happy to go into the bye week on on an upswing. And again, it, it's, what can I say, folks? I mean, winning is awesome. I, and as fans, we enjoy it because we obviously want our team to win. But it means as much to the players as well. And you see it in their faces too, like just that that joy, that relief, that whatever you want to call it. Like they they're buying into it. And I keep asking all these guys like about the chemistry in the room, like how, how they respond to the coaches, how they respond to this and that. And everything's on board. Like these guys are all in when it comes to the coaching staff and just the philosophy behind this team right now. Like they have bought in 100%. Uh, even just speaking a little bit afterwards with Kahari Jones, like just like I said to it, like just how amazing it is to see how everybody's responded. And I think he's just, just as excited too. And just as pleased at just how this team is completely Responding, and that's what it comes down to. Is just he's putting a message out there. Like you, if you go to the Yellowwets Twitter page, you can see videos of his pre and post game speeches. Like when he addresses the guys, and okay, the language is a little salty, but man, you, you see the fire, you see the energy, and you see the passion. Like he he wants this. This clearly was not how he expected to get his first head coaching gig in the Canadian Football League. But man, he is making the most of it, and he is. He is rocking it, and you can see it. And the players, they want that for him as well. Like they believe in him. I don't know if they would have had that same belief in Coach Sherman or potentially anybody else, but for Kahari Jones, they want it for him. They want Kahari to be a winner. They want him to be successful, and they're going to do everything they can to make that happen. And you can tell too that Kahari feels the same way about the guys that are in the locker room. Like he wants them to succeed. They want he wants them to do well. And when you have a combination like that, it what else can you do but just feel good and just win? And that's that's amazing. And to be able to to share that with so many people and just get that from the players and man, it, it's just a good feeling. There's just when you walk out of that stadium feeling good, knowing that not just your your team won, the team you wanted to win won, but they wanted it just as bad. And they're going out on their bye week. Just you know, hopefully they'll they'll rest up, they'll be relaxed, and when they come back to work. They're gonna want it again, and that's that's amazing. And 
how, how do you not be excited? Like as a football fan, how can you not be excited at what you see right now with the Montreal Alouettes? It has just been absolutely incredible these past few weeks. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, I thought it was interesting too. My last comment I can give about the the post game thing is talking to to Vernon and asking about what it was like going into the locker room during that weather delay. Very interesting, you know. It's uh, it, he was basically putting it into perspective. It's like you know, guys, don't don't lose your edge. We don't know how long we're going to be in here for. Don't lose your edge. And uh, you know, Edmonton Edmonton could easily have taken advantage of it when they came out of the locker room, but uh, to no avail. To no avail. It didn't. It didn't matter. So you know, the they were able to continue to do with what they needed to do. So yeah. Um. So yeah. No, so, go ahead. Uh. Yeah. Just to, just to expand on on that a little bit. I uh, I know he, he said too, like he talked about all year. Like from the moment we interviewed him uh, during training camp, like, he talked about having that laser focus, and it's one of the things you can't really teach. You either got to have it or you don't. But as much as possible, I, I, I see Vernon trying to teach that to the guys. And just the way, like you said, he addressed them during the, the, the delay is like, guys, we cannot lose the focus. Like he, he knew what he, this team, what he had to do to win this game. And he wanted to make sure that the players felt that as well. And it was clear that they got the message. And that's the thing about weather delays is it can go one of two ways. Like you either stay locked in as much as possible or depending on how long the, the delay goes, like you can lose that focus. You can get bored. You can get listless and tired. And as I said, the, those locker rooms at uh, personal Molson stadium, like you really can't move around too, too much. So, I mean, just to be able to try to stay, stay fresh, stay limber is sometimes easier said than done, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they did it. Like they, they obviously had a plan from the start of this game and they weren't going to let something like a, I, I think the delay ended up being just under an hour, if I'm not mistaken, 30 minutes actually. Was it 30? It was only 30 minutes. 30, 30, I had it here. Uh, according to the league, it was officially 25 minutes. Well, oh, geez. Well, it felt longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I guess maybe if you count the warm up and all that stuff too, there's. Oh, yeah. So, actually, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So again, but regardless of how long the, the delay was, the fact that you still have to maintain that, that mindset that Vernon talked about was just to stay focused, don't deviate from the, the game plan, and just do your job like that's really what it came down to is these guys 12 minutes they had to put in and they were going to get their third straight win and they did it like that's that's really what it comes down to like that's and that's leadership like not just from vernon adams but also from kahari jones and the rest of the coaching staff like they they know now what it takes to win and to keep these guys motivated it's it's great the 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 way that they were able to do that and they executed everything to i won't say perfection but they executed pretty well. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. That's true. So the Owls are on a bye week this week. Um, we have a couple ideas of what we want to do. Um, but before we go, we do want to at least mention that uh, to remind you that we are on social media. You can find us over at Twitter or at uh, uh, on Facebook. Twitter is at, at Alouette's FL Deck. And search for, for Alouette's Flight Deck on, on Facebook. Uh, also, if you want to listen to any of the archive for the, uh, for the Flight Deck, uh, you can head over to www.alouettesflightdeck.ca or you can go over to Google Play Music. You can go over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Um, yeah, but so as I said, we have a couple of ideas of what we want to do. Um, the idea of the watch-along is still in play uh, that we talk about for the first bye week. Um, we could do that, but I know we're, we're looking to do some other things other things for next week um to and obviously to lead us into the into the next game uh next home game 
versus the Ottawa Red Blacks. So, um, any any, uh, any parting words, parting shots before I let you go? Well, just uh, yeah. I hope these uh, these players see now the benefit of experience and leadership as, as they have in their quarterback. Uh, again, I hope this defense realizes just how much fun football is when they play together and they work for each other. Uh, hopefully they're resting up right now, enjoying some time with their, their families. Uh, but again, back to work uh, next week. And uh, we, we saw what this Ottawa team was like two weeks ago. Uh, we also saw what happened last week when they were held to just a single point. So they've got to be pissed off. They've got to be pretty angry. And you know our nation they want winners. They're not accustomed to losing all of a sudden. So I expect I expect Ottawa to come into this game with a pretty big chip on their shoulder. Uh, I'm sure in their heads we owe them one because we walked into their barn and, and beat them pretty soundly. So they're going to be coming in with uh, a little bit of revenge on their minds. So my hope is that uh, Kahari and crew, I hope they're ready because uh, I don't know. I, I, this has potential to be a real barn burner if, yeah. and if everything five, falls in place. And they're usually, I think, about 500 coming off the bye, too. So it's, you know, uh, can't, make it a, key. can't make it a trap game. Yeah, they, they, and that's the key. There's, it's just this this team has to stay focused. That's all there is to it. Uh, uh, there's still a lot of season to go. It's still pretty early in the season. But, again, a third of it is done. And see where Montreal is compared to where they were expected to be, to see where a lot of people probably hoped Montreal would be. Uh, for them to have come out and done what they've done so far this 2019 season has been absolutely amazing. And I, again, I'm just excited to see more football. So, I mean, thank God, like it's just one, this is one more bye week after this, but man, uh, I I just, I just want to see this team play. I want to see them keep going. I want to see, I want to be surprised at what this team comes up with next on the field. Off the field, that's a completely different story because Lord knows we've seen it all at this point. Uh, or I want to believe we've seen it all, but you just you just never know. So, yeah, here's hoping that uh, when this team comes back to work, uh, they'll be re- refreshed, re-energized, and once again, focused at yeah. the task at hand. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, BJ, BJ will be back in full stride too because that's the other thing we really didn't really center on too is that we didn't have Posey or BJ for this game. So, um, you know, Posey is currently on the sixth game, but as we saw weirder things already of you know, players coming off after a couple of weeks. So we'll see what happens. Um, and hopefully we'll be back to hundred percent. So that's all we can hope for is that everybody is refreshed, refocused, re-energized, and that's it. Just, just ready to go. Let's just be ready to go. Exactly. Exactly. All right, man. Well, I will talk to you soon. Uh, if there are any changes or whatever, that we will make sure that we let you know via social media. Um, so uh, we will uh, uh, enjoy the bye week, and I'm sure you will too. But uh, we'll be back next week to uh, get ready for the, the next week of Montreal Alouettes football. So for everybody here at the Flight Tech for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on Final Approach. Take Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.